From the Mitchell Center to Coleman Coliseum, the Bartow and Trojan Arenas. From Veterans Memorial Stadium to Legion Field to Hancock-Whitney Stadium. With a combined 75 years of experience in the sports radio world, these guys have spent their professional lives roaming the stadiums and arenas that host your favorite teams. And now, they invite you to join them inside the press box. Get ready for Chris Stewart. Throws it out. Norris left alone. Corner three. Smoking hot. J.D. Byers. Three-step drop. Steps up. Looks. Swatted down. Set. Down he goes. Mike Grace. Curveball right back up the middle. They'll wave out and around third base. Slides into the dogs have won it. And the broadcasters, journalists, coaches, and game changers making today's news. <laughs> They're all here. Inside. The Press Box. Welcome to the Press Box Podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. What you're about to hear is just a slice of our Press Box radio show. Heard on great stations across Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. The show is our way of sharing with you the access we enjoy to a group of friends and colleagues who, like us, have the honor of working with and around the teams and the sports we all love. Today's guest, a very special friend in Murray Bartow, the former head coach at UAB, ETSU, USF, and UCLA, now doing broadcast with David Crane on the Blazer Sports Network, calling UAB games on the radio. And that's where we started our conversation, talking about the Blazers with Murray Bartow inside the Press Box podcast. Well, Andy's going to do a great job. I uh, did the radio again, and I'm I'm a rookie at it, but I, I'm with a pro. The you know David Crane is great, and he's the, he the UAB's very lucky to have him as the voice of the Blazers. And but Andy did a great job. He's got a good staff. He's got good players. I think he's got a good return, returning nucleus. So I think they've got a chance to be really good again next year, assuming. You know, assuming everybody comes back and the core of the team comes back, uh, but Andy's Andy's very good at what he does. Had a really good year, and I think they've got a chance to really even be better next year than they were this year. Curious, Chris, how how exciting for you is it? Not only as an uh, alum of the program, as a former coach, but as as a guy who's literally known Andy his entire adult life, to see him be able to come to a place that you both care about so much and turn the corner to where this is a relevant program. And, and, you know, you know, it as well as anybody starting it toward the direction that it was built on and where it can be once again. Well, I know I hear you, Chris, and it's always good to visit with you. And, uh, but, no, again, Andy, I think will do a, a great job. You know, the, the UAB story obviously started back in 77 when we moved from L.A. I was a 10th grader at the time, and my dad moved our family here to start the UAB athletic department and the basketball program. And, it, you know, those early years, Chris, as you know, were so successful. I mean, going to a Sweet 16 so quickly, going to an Elite 8 so quickly, the Sun Belt at that time was, my gosh, such an incredible league at that time. And 
but but anyway, so much early success in the early days of UAB basketball and. You know, Andy obviously was a big part of it as a player. He was a great, great player. And uh, I, I say he's a great player. He's a great offensive player. He loved to shoot the ball. He wouldn't guard anybody. But but he but he but he but he loved to shoot it. And he was but he was a heck of a player. He's a great athlete, of course, hurt his knee and but but you know, could really, really shoot it, could really score the ball. And, uh, but he was a really good player. And then when I took over for my dad in the mid nineties, Andy was part of my staff for five years. And, but anyway, he, you know, he's really good. He did a great job at Ole Miss and he'll do a great job at UAB. And I think he's got a really very good staff. I mean, I think he's got a staff of guys that really know what they're doing. And again, I think they've got a chance if this nucleus will come back, they've got a chance to really be a lot better I think next year even than they were this year you mentioned the staff Murray and and I'm sorry I've drawn a blank on the others but I know he's got more than one veteran guy but one of those is Philip Pearson who mm -hmm. of course many know you know played at Alabama was an assistant under Mark Gottfried during the best years that Alabama had he knows the state he was at Georgia a long time knows the southeast he's a really good guy but a, a tremendous recruiter as well and in having somebody that he hadn't worked with but they've run in the same circles and they they understand each other in, in their strengths uh, that's that's an incredibly big part of the equation isn't it for building the program as a whole no it is it is and I think Andy and Philip had a long relationship of you know being in the SEC being around each other the UAB Alabama connection and knowing each other in this state and but Phillips, you know, really smart, very good coach, very good recruiter, very knowledgeable. And then Ryan Cross is kind of one of Andy's right-hand guys as well. Ryan uh, was a longtime JUCO guy. And, in fact, Andy really met him uh, when he worked for me in the mid-'90s at UAB. But Ryan is – so Ryan's been around a long time, knows the ropes, knows how to recruit. and. But anyway, you know, from top to bottom, Andy's really hired a really good staff, smart guys, good recruiters. Uh, and the thing Andy can do, and Andy can really coach, obviously, but what what he really thrives on, and all coaches are different, but he really loves to recruit. You know, some some college coaches, I think, just kind of deal with the recruiting, but they'd really prefer to coach. And, and, you know, and be at practice and practice plan and develop players. And Andy's good at all that as well. But I think where, where he's really, really talented is he, he loves to recruit. You know, he loves to go get that next guy. So anyway, I think he's got a lot of very good years ahead of him at UAB. I, I told this to a couple of people, and I can't remember if I've said it on air here or not, but this past week, and as you know, my father passed away a little more than a month ago, but I, I being at the SEC tournament, um, I really missed him. And uh -huh. it's because when I was a kid, my dad would, when I was old enough that he could pass me off semi as an adult, uh, put a, a vest on me at the BJCC, get me in the door for the SEC tournament the first day yeah. or two, send me to the top of the the old BJCC, which was the new BJCC at the time, and hang out and watch basketball. 
And that's basically where our perch was at Bridgestone because we were in the hockey press box, which is almost at the ceiling. So I had that vantage point again, Murray, as a kid. But also during that time for me, as I've told you so often, where I fell in love with basketball was when UAB was first built and your dad was having so much success. And while I grew up an Alabama fan, I was also a huge UAB fan because I had access as a Birmingham kid to UAB games. And it was on such a high level so fast. I mean, you referenced it a little bit a few minutes ago, but I don't know if a lot of people, enough people, I'll put it that way, remember. It was year four of the program's existence. They were four minutes from going to the final four. That's incredible how he was able, and I know you appreciated it then, but just even now, the perspective on what, how magical that was for basketball in this state when your dad brought UAB into existence. Well, no, it's, it's quite a story. And, uh, you know, obviously when my dad left UCLA, he was leaving the, the absolute pinnacle of college basketball at the time, UCLA basketball and coming to Birmingham, Alabama to a great university, but a university that had no athletic department, you know, I mean, where Bartow arena sits right now, that was a gravel parking lot and practiced in the old bell gym and played down at the civic center. And he was just able, you know, he had, he had an incredible vision. And really at that time there were some incredible and there still are, but incredible people at UAB uh, from Dr. Hill to Jerry Young and right on down the line that had this vision. You know, you've got this great medical center, a, really a great school, but you've got no athletics. And my dad, you know, just had the vision that, you know, he didn't want to be second fiddle. He wanted it to be big time. You know, he always used to say, I want us to, you know, I want us to, to, to have the same feel, you know, when, and, you know, people in the state always talk about Auburn and Alabama. I mean, his vision one day would be they talked about UAB, Alabama, and Auburn, you know, the three schools instead of two in terms of big-time college athletics. So he just, you know, he had he had great people that worked around him. He was able, Chris, as you know, to get really good players very quickly. Uh, the Memphis connection, uh, obviously Oliver Robinson, and the list goes on and on and on, but in those early years, he was able to get really, really good players and UAB became very relevant, very, very quickly. And, you know, I was part of those teams from 80 to 85 and, you know, the sweet 16, the elite eight, it's, it's really mind boggling how quickly it all came together. But my dad was a real visionary, uh, really incredible coach was able to get really good players and it just happened very quickly. You know, I've been fortunate to to see and experience some cool stuff that I never dreamed of. But I think I've told you this. Maybe the coolest thing for me of all is as someone who fell in love with basketball as a teenager, when your dad had it rolling on the south side, Wimp had it going in Tuscaloosa, Sonny had it going at Auburn, and Cliff Ellis had it going in Mobile. Sure did. And I got to, and as an adult, 
got to know and be friends with all of those. It blows my mind, Murray, the, the stuff that I've been blessed to be able to see, but the people that the sport and the success of the sport has allowed me to do in, in the personalities. And I know there was the rivalry with, you know, with, with your dad and, and Wimp, but I also know that that, like it does with all sorts of rivalries between coaches over the years, that softened later in life, didn't it? Well, it did. That th- Those were great years, Chris. I mean, when you look back, and again, those early 80s, and I was playing and part of those teams at UAB, but obviously what Coach Sanderson was doing at Alabama, uh, Sonny Smith, one of the <laughs> – the real legends I've gotten to know coach Smith well, because being up at East Tennessee state, that's kind of his neck of the woods. He's from that area. And so when I was at East Tennessee state, the 12 years I was there, he was around a a lot and got to know him well. And he did a lot of our games on TV and, but he was incredible. And then like you say, Cliff down at Auburn, I mean, down at South Alabama had it rolling as well. So uh, when And again, when you look back again to those early Sunbelt days and all the great teams at South Alabama. Uh, so, so anyway, those were great, great times in the state of Alabama with college basketball and just, a, my gosh, a lot of great teams, a lot of great coaches. All right. Can you tell the story? And I know I've bounced all over the place and I'm going to get Mike to tell me how we are on time real quick. Mm-hmm. Cause this is a good one. You got to tell the story. It was when. Joe B. Hall retired, wasn't it? Your dad it was. Your dad had the Kentucky job. Mm-hmm. Tell it. Well, I, I, again, I think it speaks to my dad. My dad was an incredibly had a lot of great traits, but one was loyalty, and he was always incredibly loyal for his love for UAB and the city of Birmingham. And no, when Joe B hall retired, that was when the final four. And I, I honestly, Chris, I can't even remember the year. I want to say it was 87. I think you're I can, right. You think I'm right on that or I wrong on that? I think, you, I think you're right. It, it may have been that year or a year before, but it was right around that time. Yeah, I think it was 87, but the final four was in Lexington. And the president there at the time was very hopeful that they could announce the new head coach at Kentucky during the final four while it was going on, hopefully at the championship game that night, bring the coach out and announce him at halftime of the championship game. Long story short, they wanted my dad very much, brought him in, and he really verbally accepted the job. But he said, you know, I've got an incredible president, uh, Scotty McCallum, he's my president back at UAB, and I've got to at least go back and visit with him. And, you know, before this is announced, I owe it to him to go back and sit down with him and at least tell him what I'm going to do. And so he left Lexington. They thought he was going to return in about 24 hours, and they were going to announce it at the championship game of the Final Four. He came back to Birmingham, and Dr. McCallum, the strong, incredible man he was after they got done with their talk my dad did a 180 and decided to stay at uab and uh but so for about 24 hours verbally he was going to be the head coach there and then he pulled back after he met with dr mccallum but uh yeah interesting story the other part of that and i 
I got Tubby Smith at a dinner one night, actually in Tuscaloosa, to to pick it up from there. And I'm I'm sure you probably know this, and correct me if I'm getting it wrong, but Tubby was on JD Barnett's staff at VCU at the time. Correct. Yeah. You yeah. and and UAB were were major rivals in the Sun Belt. If one wasn't getting the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, the other was practically every year. JD was a hot name. And when oh, your dad, big, yeah, great coach, fiery coach. When your dad pulled out the next call because they were hell bent on making the announcement at the Final Four, they were trying to get that job filled. They uh-huh. called JD back before cell phones. The babysitter <laughs> answers. She can't track him down. They go to the next name on their list, and it was Eddie Sutton. And and Tubby Smith swears. I told that story, uh, or I asked him about that, sitting at a, a dinner, or yeah, dinner for an event that CM Newton was hosting, and Paul Feinbaum was at our table, and Paul looked at me like I had just given away war secrets. He was stunned. <laughs> He'd never heard that. That's funny. He'd never heard that before, but. Tubby said, that's exactly how it happened. And just, it's crazy how things, how things can fall on some jobs, including ones we think of as the, the hallowed grounds of coaching. No, that's funny. That's a funny twist to that story. And like you said, they were just dead set that we, we've got to announce this while everybody's here and the spotlights on us and the championship game, they really wanted to announce it and, Anyway, but, uh, and you know, my sister, Beth, who's my younger sister at the time, she was still in high school. And I say in high school, I think she was still in maybe, maybe eighth, ninth grade at the time. But, uh, so she didn't want to leave Birmingham either. So a lot of things kind of influenced my dad to stay put. And of course he really loved being at UAB. So anyway, interesting times. Those are some great stories, some great memories with Murray Bartow, our guest inside the Press Box podcast. Catch our daily show weekdays on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. You can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBox Radio and the number one. And, of course, we always would love to hear from you. Email us at PressBoxRadio1 at gmail.com. Again, PressBoxRadio, the number one, at gmail.com. For Chris Stewart, for J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Gray saying thanks for joining us here on the PressBox Podcast. <laughs>